what's going on, y'all? Monday Night Raw, podcast in the shadows. It's Blake doing that damn thing. WWA, you know it. Outside right now. Uh, Monday Night Raw started off. It was a real good show. Started off with uh, Stephanie coming out. And she introduced the best in the world. Shane McMahon. And, um, you know, they uh, just spoke on how we, you know, Monday Night Raw Superstar Shake Up. Anything can happen. Superstars, teams, anything can, anybody could get split up or however it works. So, uh, Shane takes a moment to continue reveling in his victory against The Miz at WrestleMania and how good it felt to, you know, beat up on his daddy. They were trying to reflect over the past year and such. So, you know, that was funny, but this, uh, they, this, this brings out our first, uh, dra- well, not draft pick, but our first, um, new member of Monday Night Raw, I guess I could say it as, and it's The Miz, attacks him, and, uh, attacks Shane from behind, and, uh, he, uh, he went in, went at it real quick, good, even bout between the two, quick, you know, quick fight, and, uh, you know, Miz got the best of Shane off the chair shot. But it was uh, it was crazy. I don't know if this was, you know, supposed to happen or if it was just one of those, you know, mistakes that just happen sometimes. But uh, Miz got busted open from getting knocked over the barricade. That's That was a good look to see on TV. But at the same time, in the new era, we don't really want to see any superstars get busted open. I mean, it's a, it's a connection that... Miz gained with the fans on the plus side, though. So it was a it was a cool segment, cool opening segment. Shouts to the Miz, you know, being on Monday Night Raw. Everyone's talking about it. He shifted all all three times. I think it was every time there's been a superstar shakeup. Miz is going from product to product. So maybe there could be a storyline. Some people are saying maybe it's just gonna be like a quick thing and that's it. But maybe the Miz can get back with the Miz Taraj. I mean, B-team or however it works, maybe. I don't know. Just TV time, and we'll see if maybe some storylines can develop out of it. But all in all, that was the first segment, so very cool. All right, so next up, we got into an uh, eight-man tag match with uh, Ricochet and Alice the Black. Still on the team. I'm not mad. I'm even cool with them going on a singles run. Well, singles runs individually, but being in each other's corners, I'm going to continue, you know, advocating for that and, you never know what could happen. So, either way, I know some people are mad about it, but Ricochet and Alistair Black uh, teamed up with the tag team champions and Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. And um, they took on the Revival and the Viking Experience. Now, I don't watch NXT like that, but apparently these guys are the War Raiders. It's PG programming. It's a lot of investors and all kinds of other things that are attached to you know how WWE has to showcase their product each week so if they had to change the name for you know uh whatever reason I'm pretty sure it was uh for the best and when this name when the era of name changes you know shouts to Andrade you know shouts to Ali so come on now anyway uh I had a cool match good showing from everybody I I, the War Raiders, excuse me, the, the Viking experience is what I was, uh, I was really paying attention to them because, you know, I don't get to see these guys on WWE TV like that. Apparently, the NXT Tag Champs, they had a bang-up match at TakeOver. It's the only match I didn't get to see. 
but um, it was it was a good showing from them. You know, they looked strong, and you know, some people would be mad that the tag champs lost and such and happy. But I mean, we got new guys on the roster, and to be able to see what they can do definitely opens up ideas for you know development as the story goes along. So a good showing from all four sides. I'm not upset about that at all. I, um, I, I can't wait to see how else. You know, these guys are able to develop the characters. It's a good throwback to the 90s. You know, like I was I was a mere lad at the time, you know, when there were like so many like just characters in WWE. And it was, you know, goofy stuff. And I know WWE is a little more serious now and uh, just going about how things are showcased. And I think it's I think it's fine to throw in some old school stuff like that, you know, and. You know, it gives a different element of power to the team, in my opinion, or the teams that will uh, come up that we'll see in the future. So with that, cool eight-man tag, nice showcase of uh, the Viking experience. Everyone's having a way about that. Well, having a way about their name, but um, whatever. Be mad. Stop acting entitled, fans. We have to, we are, if we want the WWE to listen to us, then we have to act like we're authority figures. Finn comes out next. Non-title bout against Raw newcomer now. Next superstar in the superstar shakeup to be announced. Andrade. So Andrade's on Raw. I think that's a I think that's a good look. If he got Zelina Vega with him, you know, if La Munier guys speaking for him, then yeah. Now, one thing, they're out in uh, Montreal last night of Raw, and I'm not really uh I, I don't speak, you know, French. So I, I could see that they were making a lot of reference to the hometown crowd and saying a lot of things that were pissing them off. Hey, hey, I, I'm all for stuff like that. You know, it's uh, fun stuff with the show. There are, some people have bad French, some people have great French, whatever. But it was um, Shane had excellent French. <laughs> The best French in the world, but either way, um, you know, Finn comes out. This uh, brings out Andrade. Selena Vega talking some crazy. Andrade definitely was talking some French. <laughs> it was uh, pretty comical, and um, you know, they had the match. We know Andrade's coming up for the hills. It had nice little uh, couple of matches. What a stint we saw him taking on uh, Ray, taking on Rey Mysterio. Great matches. Him and Finn put on a good match. You could see the evolution of Finn Balor. I think that, you know, it, it, and it just it taught me something watching the match. Like, where you see that there are superstars and we see how their, you know, offense is set up. And then we see how they eventually are trying to just get in their key uh, flow of offense. Finn had a problem getting to that point. So, with that... You know, it's uh, Andrade really coming through and looking good. All in all, Finn was close to the victory. A couple of near falls later, Zelina Vega, Harvard Karana's this man, and the crowd loved it. I thought it was very enjoyable. It's just being able to utilize the characters more so. And it's uh, it's a good look. It's It's got that Miz and Maurice feel on it. You know, like, uh, 
who, who you know how is she gonna interfere and help him win this time you know so it's it's very nice it was a little refreshing to see someone like that and on raw you know it's a three-hour show so i think this, these are the things that are gonna make the show flow by that much faster and it has been in the past couple of weeks i wouldn't i wouldn't go as far at all to say that the show has been like you know boring or what so have you but i'm hearing some people complaining about the the formula now but the formula changed like i heard a heard a um complaint about how the the superstars are now interrupting each other even though this would flow the show along that's my opinion i think the superstars coming out say for instance we'll get into it but um Braun Strowman and EC3 had a segment, and this brought out the man Becky Lynch, Becky Two Belts, and you know it's uh it, I thought I think these these segments it is segways, you know I think it just flows the show along. It doesn't really make anybody look weak. Like you don't always have to just run directly to commercial, you know. Like it's. It's just, it's nice, you know, whatever, you know, it shifts the attention, shifts gears, you know, it's a ride, it's the feel of the show that's being changed, and, you know, your emotions automatically switch, so, whatever, and all in all, Andrade and Finn had a great match, I appreciated how, you know, uh, how the nail fall started happening, he thought Finn was gonna be able to get in there, get the coup de grace victory, make Andrade's uh, you know, Monday Night Raw debut, a little, eh, but no, Niffles, both sides, everybody looked real good, moonsault spots, uh, Finn and Andrade have never, uh, been in the ring together before, so it's like, wow, you know, you get to see how these guys are meshing at a professional level, at, quote, the highest level in sports entertainment, and shit, I'll go as far as to say the wrestling, uh, culture in, in itself, who cares if you don't like it? Don't act entitled. Um, so yeah, they had a good good match. Nice story told. Andrade was able to pick up the victory off of Zelina Vega's interference. But hey, this is the world of WWE. And that was cool. So I enjoyed that segment. Last week, uh, well, maybe nine days out at the point of this recording, nine days ago, um, Elias was out on stage and delivered the performance of a lifetime, probably his greatest performance yet, I would dare say, at WrestleMania. He he went into three different forms of himself. Apparently, it was the Elias we see on TV, but he was on the screen. And then it was clearly a recording of another real Elias, but he was playing the drums. So we got piano Elias and we got guitar Elias and then we got drum Elias. So the, 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 I think that was just awesome just to be able to put all three of those elements of, you know, the musical talents together. Beautiful stuff. Uh, had a, pardon me, had a, um, you know, moment with the doctor of thugonomics, which was fine. And, um... Yeah, came out on Raw. He was so upset, unintentionally called out The Undertaker. He's still alive, thankfully. 
<coughs> excuse me. And um, yeah, this week on Raw, Elias is uh, saying that he well he's showing the crowd that he's bringing the legends out. You know, he's making he's raising legends from the dead with his musical ability. He's ma he's making the old school thug come out of people. You know, like we've seen John Cena on the straight and narrow for years now. But at the show of shows, we seen him come out. He had, he broke out all the old school stuff. So this is just the the power of Elias's music. With that uh he had he makes his uh he makes some kind of uh some kind of statement and this brings out Rey Mysterio. I forget how he worded it. But uh wait, what are we doing? I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yeah, so this brings out Rey Mysterio. Great, great uh moment just to have Ray and uh, Elias in there. Yet another legend. Come on now. And um they have their quick squabble. Uh, I'm, hey, Rey Mysterio tried to go for a springboard early, messed it up. Shouts to Elias for catching him and you know making it look good just off of the uh, momentum of the the fall from the ropes and such like that is uh, graceful from both sides. It was uh, we know it's difficult, but let's not have our critic hats on. Remember, it's a show and these guys, are, yes, WWE superstars, yes, these guys are immortals, but also, these guys can make mistakes. It's all right. Let's just keep pushing. So, uh, Ray was going to go for some kind of a outside 619 while Elias was on the apron, and it didn't go through. Elias was smart enough to get out of the way, but Ray Mysterio looked awesome on that 619 attempt, and... You know, it was a cool segment. So, Rey Mysterio looking strong. And speaking of looking strong, this brings out the blood-curdling, screaming theme of Lars Sullivan. Now, I've been telling y'all since the earlier days of my podcast when we were still getting the feel on how this was all going to go. Lars Sullivan was coming. It don't matter why he his debut got uh, postponed. Because now he's here. And that's what we're going to look at. We're going to leave the past in the past and see that Lars Sullivan is looking like that monster that we all knew he was going to be able to be. I've seen him once, maybe twice on NXT television. I've seen him in a great match with EC3. I'm just going to say that and leave that there. It was a great match. Both of them are very capable. So Lars comes out, hits his maneuver on uh, Rey Mysterio. And, um, oh, my goodness, the... The running sit down power bomb is it's just certain moves that superstars can do. Like I'll go this far. I've seen Roman Reigns sit down with his power bomb. I've I don't I don't know if I've seen him lift up while he was dropping with the other superstar, but regardless of that, that it, that was textbook as to what you're supposed to do. Like when, as somebody that watches the moves and the mat technique, technique, pardon me, and just to you know learn it and enjoy the athleticism, that's what I'm looking to see. 
impact moves like that, of course, safe landings because we're looking from every element of this. But all in all, Ray flipped out of it, did the little backflip to put the cell on it. It was just a great spot. So Lars Sullivan looked strong. Ray Mysterio, you know, doing the legend thing. And uh, all in all, great segment. So what are they going to throw Lars in the ring? With no rush. No rush. Maybe hope maybe it's practice time still. But all in all, Lars Sullivan is definitely a name that is beheld by the WWE universe. Trust and believe that. I feel that in my bones. Bobby Roode, Chad Gable. Both of these guys have uh you know just uh, in so many senses fallen into each other's laps. I think they're great another one of those almost odd couple tag teams that one wouldn't expect to see but they're actually a pleasure to look at you can see the experience in Bobby Roode and that's not to take away anything from the Olympian and Chad Gable but you know there's an age thing there and you can see how Chad Gable is continuing to grow and you know learn underneath the uh, learning tree of Bobby Roode so I like the tag team right now. They're going to do things their way. They're not, uh, you know, uh, they're not being good guys, quote unquote. I wouldn't say they're bad guys, but I'll say however they go about winning, whatever tactics they use, whatever tactics they have to use to win, hey, it's going to be what it is. Now, I've heard great things about the Bobby Roode Hill run in NXT. I know Mr. McMahon isn't big on stuff in NXT, but dear Mr. McMahon, please, Maybe we could have these uh, superstars maybe lean into more of the NXT eskiness that was able to get them over in NXT because this stuff might maybe just get the WWE Universe on the flagship show and the A show of SmackDown Live, you know, uh, that much more compelling. Who knows? We saw how... Uh, Zelina Vega was utilized in NXT and we see how that was something that really got the crowd interested in Andrade and uh, the the bout between him and Finn Balor. So maybe just maybe I don't in the off chance that, you know, WWE ever gets to hear this, you know, uh, that could be a ting. Either way, humbly submitted. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, great matchup, though. I enjoyed it. They uh, started off, you know, oh, pardon me, brings out, this brings out the Usos pretty much. They want to take on a tag team, looking for some comp, and the, the Usos come on out. And so, Usos on Raw, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic about it. I've, I've been uh, singing the praises of the Usos for some weeks now. I said at WrestleMania, that win solidified them as, you know, just the tag team. Of course, uh, with the you know world renowned, a global presence, but now they can really start to be spoken of like now, nah, like like in the conversation of all right, what's some of your favorite tag teams? Like the Usos are in there now with that victory at WrestleMania. Hey, it, it, whatever happened at SmackDown with putting those titles down, now we see how they move them over to Raw. So that's all good, and they they're clearly a great team. So good guy team taking on the bad guys of Chad Chad Gable and Bobby Roode. I thought it was a, thought it was a fun tag team match. Double loose, double splash in the top ropes, was able to get it. Super kicks, 
you know, uh, was uh, what was able to really, like, get the momentum on the Uso sides. Bobby Roode looked great selling some of that stuff a little crazy. But um, all in all, like I said, a good tag match between the two teams. Shouts to the Usos for being on the roster now, or on the Royal roster. I think the tag division is uh, going to get much more turned up now, especially when we got the Usos and the Viking experience. Who knows what else we might be able to get, you know, as far as tag teams are concerned. We're just going to have to wait and see. But, yep, very, very, very fun matchup. You know why I like Sami Zayn? Because I think Sami Zayn right now is being scripted to be the true voice of reason. Like, he's going right now into just what it looks like. I think he's going to really start to sway the conversation online with the internet wrestling community. I'll say this. I liked the episode of Monday Night Raw last night. I might be in the minority with that. I don't know. I feel like I am. Because as soon as I said, I don't think the internet can complain about this. I was not shocked not surprised, but just shown how, you know, how immature I was looking at things, maybe, because, of course, the internet found something to complain about. And this kind of gives directly to Sami Zayn's point that he's been making. You know, everyone's trying to be such a critic, but they're not. Well, I don't want to say they're not. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. But to try to literally attack uh, superstars or, you know, uh, creative a team member or whatever, you know, all because you didn't like the segment. Like, it's it's a way to dissect what you didn't like. And once it's known, then the proper changes can be attempted to be made type. Like, it's, it's a process to this. So, Sami Zayn is on a moment of bliss. Some people are even getting a little ugly on a moment of bliss. Like, why y'all frowning on these these segments and talk shows and such. I mean, she wasn't interrupted this time around. I mean, it was a little wacky, though. I think that was the word that would really cover how that segment went. Because when the, oh, the awesome Alexa Bliss, uh, the goddess, introduced to Sami Zayn, you know, it comes out, crowd goes crazy. In Montreal, hometown, you know, they, they love him. They play this man's theme song three separate times and <laughs> I found it to be very very funny because I'm you know I'm I wouldn't say I'm the biggest fan of Sami Zayn I wasn't before I'm you know he's he's growing on me you know you don't want any superstar to get injured so I was of course pulling for him to get back and get healthy and now he's back and we see what his characters evolved into so now it's more like hmm Maybe he's not as bad. And it's not because he's, like, geared toward, you know, the guys like me that would attempt to advocate for the product, you know. It's just because it's so many people that try to, you know, talk down on the product. So he's just, you know, bringing light to it, which ultimately says, I mean... De facto, WWE is listening to everything that everyone is saying. And they're responding to the ones that I guess make most sense. And hey, I might ramble and I might be all over the place at times. But trust and believe, I know I make sense with what I'm speaking on regarding the WWE product. So with that, I want to take this moment 
and say, we love you, Sasha Banks. Come on with it. Whenever you're ready to come on back home, get on screen and have some fun storyline, let's get it popping. We know you love this. We know you got a gritty to you that not other superstars come out with. And I am really, really looking forward to how Sasha Banks is utilized in the future in WWE. Whether she's a singles competitor, whether she's on another run with Bailey, whether... I don't want to say whatever because I don't want to see any, you know, nonsense. But we want to see Sasha's matches, you know, begin to mean something for Sasha. You know, like she, uh, she's grown on me. I've watched her grow from, you know, coming on up and being in Team Bad. So if WWE is listening and the off chance that they listening to this thing with all of (laughs) y'all, Can we please get Sasha back on some good TV and maybe maybe give Sasha a little bit more of that feisty character potentially that she had at NXT? I don't know, but that's that's an idea. So all in all, it's a good moment of bliss. It was Montreal's definite moment of bliss watching Sami Zayn, you know, out there just acting a fool. And then he completely tore into them. But I think, like I said, this is starting a larger conversation with how WWE is being critiqued. So let's get to it. Sami Zayn, if you have talking points, I think I might be able to add to it, man. So please, by all means, keep at it. Backstage, the Iconics asked about Sasha Banks, Bailey back there. You know, a lot of stuff going on. I'm not even really going to get into half of it because I don't care to. Y'all heard what I just said on it, and that's how I feel. So, uh, fast forward, Iconics come on out. And they're, uh, you know, they, they well, they part of me. They were going to take on Bailey and a tag team partner, Sasha, not around who's it going to be. Iconics come on out, Bailey comes on out. And her tag partner is none other than Glow Tom herself, Naomi. I am so happy to see that Trent is being brought over to the Raw roster. I think that she's done all she could do on SmackDown. And maybe, you know, like we know that she, she'll do the belt up. She'll do the belt something nice. Maybe it'll be a nice, uh, nice women's rivalry with her and Becky. You know, maybe. I don't know. I mean, those are two good guys. So we'd have to see Becky Two Belts take an L. And for right now, I don't know. Complain about, oh, she's getting cooled off. I I think I have uh, something to say about it. But I'll wait to that segment and I'll get into it maybe if it comes back to me. But right now, I think Becky Two Belts is still just as good as she's ever been. It's it, it's something. But whatever. Because Naomi and Bailey take on the Iconics. And pick up the victory. Hey, it it says to me that the tag team champion, the women's tag team championships, can definitely switch hands at any times, especially because they could be defended on any brand. So, with that, uh, good segment, good tag match. I want to see. Uh, I want to. Bailey was Bailey was in the zone. You could tell Bailey was pissed. You know. I know that like, Bailey was mad, and you can see in her in-ring work she's really, really grown. The women's division is stacked right now with favorites 
and powerful women at the same time too. I think that uh, shit. I go as far as to maybe even uh, request that we get one more women segment just to uh, keep those storylines hot. Seen a uh, not an interview, but I seen a uh, excuse me a snippet of an interview with Charlotte Masharizad, the queen, uh, speaking about how if the women can and I'm I'm mincing words but if the women can make things a little more interesting you know or keep things interesting then they'll be able to pardon sorry about that gotta let the authorities go by and save the day right um if the women can keep it interesting then we'll get another main event but for right now, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. I think maybe with one more segment added to the show for the women, just for the women, you know, I, maybe. I don't know. I'm I'm not in charge of any of that stuff. This is just me throwing spaghetti at the wall, you know, like I wouldn't say adding more women to the segment. I literally am requesting uh, if it's two segments that the women get on a show or on Raw, then maybe once an hour the women can get a segment so that could be at max six women but you know again these things develop the storyline maybe it's already been happening and i haven't been paying much attention to it but you know maybe it could really be a thing and not just backstage uh you know interviews and vignettes and such like that i mean i'm not against any of this stuff but maybe it can be massaged into the product just to get more eyes on more women's superstars so you know that's that's just you know how i feel about it but shouts to naomi and uh bailey picking up the victory over the women's tag team champions the iconics on their way to wwe that was around the uh time when the mcmahon clan took the show back and gave us the ones in the wwe universe the the reigns said we got the authority so whatever um well not whatever but uh on their way to wwe the six call-ups from nxt that we were supposed to see that we know how these stories have been built we know how these this has gone so far it's uh it's uh been uh, heavy machinery is respected by the crowd in a i wouldn't say a comedy sort of way but you know they they are right. you know i think that's what the crowd is the crowd is a Give them a 6.5. Um, we got, uh, what was it? Well, champion Gargano. Gargano is the champ right now at NXT. He still couldn't always make an appearance. But um, uh, I don't even want to, I don't want to skip past too many too fast. You know, get to the good ones. Uh-huh. Um, but we know that Lacey Evans, you know, great moments. Great spot. Uh, I, I enjoy seeing her come out and do her thing, you know, and, you know, do the walk and strut and such and be a lady on Raw and bring class to the show or whatever, so have you. Um, who else we got? I think I covered just three of them so far. Lars had his uh, moment, but he's here now looking like a monster. And then we have EC3. I don't know if it's the TNA thing or whatever, so have you, but I will say that I know that EC3 has a lot of character. I know 
that EC3 is very, very talented in the ring. I've watched that man. Uh, watched that man in the ring with Lars Sullivan, and they had an awesome matchup. I've I've seen uh, moments of just how mysteriously cool he can be. Like when he was introduced at NXT TakeOver, whichever one he was, but he had the little burgundy uh, suit on and did the little three across his chest and it was cool. Now, it's some things that I'm not too keen on with EC3. One thing being the way his entrance is just set up. Now, the lettering is cool. Him shaking and throwing the letters at the screen. I mean, I think it's... Uh, 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 it's all right. But I don't think that... Like, okay, me, personally, me. It's not really clicking with me too much. It just comes off as try hard. And we don't we don't need that. That's that, that, And that's me. There could be other ways. But when he does the turnaround and then they get the zoom in, perfect. You know? Like, but maybe... He could throw the letters up there, but not do the shakes. Maybe take the shakes out. I think that's that's really what I'm looking for. Because he just... That part is when we're way over the top. Like, just... That's... I don't think that's working. So maybe, you know, more of the epic... This is the E. This is the C. This is the 3. You know? And, uh... Whatever. He comes out. You're going to have a matchup. Whoa. Who's it going to be against? Can't wait to find out. God damn it, it's Braun Strowman. I've been pulling for EC3. And to see him going there with Braun, I know where I'm at with Braun right now. I want to see him continue to look strong as been. He went through a little bit of a uh, what some would call a dry spot or just floundering. And there was still stuff for him to do. And that's what I know he's thankful for. And I was thankful to be able to see him still look you know, somewhat strong, maybe, uh, you know, it might be, I, I don't want to say the H word, but it was uh, comedy spots and just showing that he's, he's, he's capable of being in these different areas, like he's flexible like that, so I like that, I'm, I'm not mad at that, but, you know, he's going on SmackDown Live last week, taking on Samoa Joe, we all know Joe, he's one of the most dangerous men in WWE right now. So Braun and Joe are going at it. You know, he looks strong since that mania, but, you know, he had a great appearance on Raw last week. I can't quite recall right now, but I know it looked good for him. So that's great last week, and then he's coming into this week taking on EC3 like, oh, man. Look, I didn't even like speaking this far into it, but she's Mr. McMahon must not like him. And I want Mr. McMahon to like him, but I can't tell Mr. McMahon what and what not to like. So all we could do is try to advocate for EC3. Throw him the ball, and we see what he do with it. I'm pulling for him, but last night, taking on Braun Strowman, look, the best I could say is, just like I said in some previous episodes, there's three elements to a great WWE superstar. Uh, and I mean just in-ring, in-ring. But there's be having a great offense. That means you're able to execute your moves and make them look good. There's having a great defense. That's how you reverse out of certain moves and how you're able to, you know, navigate the ring 
whilst uh you know your opponent is trying to attack you like how let's say for example baron corbin is able to you know slide underneath the ropes and come around and hit a big clothesline and shocking his uh, opponent i think these things are you know pretty cool and okay um and there's uh, the third element which is uh how well you look taking a move so it's uh you know, EC3 had the third element down packed last night, and he crushed it. If we're looking at just that, Braun Strowman chokeslammed this man through the stage. Enough said. He flung him all around Titan Tron, all around the stage, but the chokeslam through the stage right by commentary. Gosh, <laughs> it was a great spot where they were showing the replay of it, and you could see. Uh, you could see uh, Renee Young looking over with the concern in an earlier replay of it. You see her and Michael Cole looking over like, oh, man, is he going to be all right? <laughs> so great spot for Braun. Good moment for EC3. Looked, looked wild taking that move. Excellent. <laughs> and we hope to see greater things from him in the time from the first from, from all three elements of in-ring capability so Braun's looking strong and this brings out the man Miss Balboa himself Becky Lynch Becky two belts come on out you know she's Becky two belts she's the champ she done took out Ronnie I'm not going to call her Ric Flair's daughter. I'm going to say uh, Charlotte or Charizard. How does she word that? Uh, Ric Flair wants her to be worded as, you know, she's Char I mean, yeah, he's Charlotte Flair's father. So we're just going to keep this on Charlotte Flair. We're going to keep it at that. Now, Charlotte, uh, excuse me. We didn't see Charlotte. I haven't seen Charlotte since Mania. I'm, I'm just like, where's Charizard? Is she not on Raw? Is she not on SmackDown? We're not going to get to see Charlotte this week. Is she still on SmackDown? What's going to happen? I mean, maybe the Raw roster is pretty packed right now. Who knows? Whatever. Either way, Becky come out, cut a promo. This brings out Natty. Whoa. Becky knew that it was going to be a lot of underutilized superstars and talents that would be trying to make their way to the front of the line. I know Dana Brooke is sitting in the line right now, just moving one step up, feeling like she's at the DMV or something. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, Natty. And she comes out and she wants the opportunity. And y'all know I love me some Natty. Natty, as far as in-ring goes, I think she has my number one spot. So she's, you know, out there. You see the respect. You can feel it going. Uh, I love the handshake and, you know, the honor from both sides. It's a good look from both. I want. We would like to see those two go at it. I think Becky, and this is what came to me. I know that Becky's talented in ring, but I want to see Natty go at it with her. I'm tired of seeing Natty hold back. If Natty and Becky go at it, I need to see the Natty that we saw on Christmas and New Year's against Ronda Rousey. I need to see that Natty, and we need to see if Becky Two Belts can keep up. Now, if the storyline has to be written as a storyline, okay, no problem. 
No problem. I'm not even going to be mad. But I just want to see Becky Two Belts be able to remain hot. I actually think she can keep up. But the fans right now are even starting to say, oh, they're trying to cool her off and blah, blah, blah. Man, if her and Natty are able to go out there and really show off the same way we saw Natty show off with Ronda Rousey at uh, the Christmas and New, Year edition, New Year's editions of SmackDown, then we'll get that much more prestige on the women's championships and might even maybe get a main event with the women next year at WrestleMania, which is, like Stephanie said at the top of the show, going to be a long road. But we, 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 this, could be, this could be the start, you know, because it start off with a real bang. However it works, though, is however it's going to be. I can't wait to see it. This brings out the lady, Lacey Evans, thinks so, I can't even word it, the lady spoke and pretty much challenged Natty to a number one contenders match, I don't, I know that's not really like the, I don't think they use that terminology anymore in WWE, they're trying to like, you know, shy away from it, but uh, I think that it's a good idea to have the match between the two, and it was a banger. Some people are going to try to criticize, you see, shouts to Sami Zayn again, but some people are going to try to criticize uh, Lacey Evans' in-ring technique and in-ring capability. I think that she looked fine in there. I think Natty didn't look like she was carrying the match, even though maybe she was. Like, I don't really know how the matches are called from the in-ring, but at the same time, both superstars looked really good. If it was called from Natty, then Natty made Lacey look excellent. And if it was an even thing from both sides and Lacey was just taking the experience that she could get from Natty, then yeah, perfect. Great from both sides. Lacey Evans is extremely athletic. That's one thing that we'll all agree on. That moonsault? I'm sorry, I just fainted. That's my second. That's my third favorite moonsault now. We've seen Trent pull off a moonsault with the split leg. That was what she pulled off earlier against the Iconics. Or well, after the Bailey to Bailey. But um, we, got, we got Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans with that moonsault that she did, jumping from the second ropes and then doing the quick turnaround into it. Look, I just have been around, you know, Trent as a WWE superstar. I've just been watching her longer. I enjoy her longer. Lacey just got here, so I can't just throw her on the list, but we'll throw it toward the top, but she definitely has the third best moonsault in the women's roster that I've seen, and I'm very happy to say that. So, Naomi has number two with that split-legged moonsault, like the little springboard one, and Charlotte has that corkscrew moonsault that we never see her pull out, but we all know she can do it, and she was practicing it on WWE Chronicle, and I thought she was going to pull that out at Mania, and she didn't, and it sucked for me, but it's all right. It would have been awesome to see her pull that off. I probably would have lost my damn mind, but it's okay. It's okay. Either way, Lacey Evans picked up the victory on Natty with that moonsault. Great spot. I think I hope Natty's all right. I, I, I might have to go back and look at the replay on it because it sounded like uh, Natty got a good we took a good shot from the knee with that hope everybody's fine but um yeah good matchup good segment and now Lacey Evans is going to be taking on Becky Lynch eventually for uh 
I guess, the Raw Women's Championship. So, let's uh, see how that all plays out. But again, I enjoyed that segment. Whoops, my bad, because Ruby Riot had a match with Becky Lynch. I forget about that. Popeyes brought us that match. Shouts to the $5 shrimp tackle box, something like that. Yeah, but they had the match. Ruby Riot, Becky Lynch. I think that both of them are... It was one of those you could tell they... I don't know if they've been in the ring together before. I think they might have, but it might have been a little while. So, they. I think with more time together, they'll be able to, you know, really mesh better. But at the same time, we don't really want to make too many matches happen or try to ask or, you know, start clamoring for too many of the same matches to happen. So, and it's definitely still early leading into the next review. So, right now, eventually it's led into... Becky and Lacey going at it. Well, Becky and Lacey having the match set up, so good spot, good matchup so far. Well, good matchup that's coming. Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Baron Corbin, the main event of Doom, took on Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and the newest acquisition to Monday Night Raw, the man that built SmackDown Live, the phenomenal AJ Styles. That is champ. I, I'm happy that he's on Raw. You know, SmackDown makes him, Raw takes him. That's what he said on Talking Smack a long time ago. He's done all he could on SmackDown at this point. You know, to see him on Raw. You know, it's a, they call it the land of the giants. It's going to be good to see, uh, you know, just how he's able to do his thing. Uh, some small, uh, well, pardon, so they had a match. Nice matchup. You know, went the way it went. Claymore is all around. Claymore, AJ, great sell. Almost a Claymore to the post with Roman outside. I believe uh, AJ came through with the save or Seth. One or the other, but, you know, standard main event match. I enjoyed it. Thought it was a real cool match between everybody. Everybody looks strong. Baron Corbin's like, the bad guy. Bobby Lashley is the certifiable badass. And Drew McIntyre is probably one of the most devastating superstars we have right now in the modern era. I can't wait to see how AJ does the damn thing against some of these superstars on the Royal roster. We might even get to see some really, really fun uh, rivalries that he could get into. and Might even get to see some WWE Network collections in time. I said that same thing about Shane McMahon and The Miz. We really might be able to get... Uh, one of those awesome collections in some years with these two because the way this rivalry is building, man, they're still fighting. Miz got busted open, you know, like, whoa, this is this is this is getting an element of realism that none of us were really expecting from either superstar. You know, we thought Miz and Shane was yeah, we thought Miz and Shane were gonna be a quick one and done tag team and that's it. No, no. Now there's a lost tape where I spoke on the best in the world trophy last week i'm not even gonna speak on it this week because i had audio issues so i'm just not gonna talk about it but we're gonna see how the storyline continues to build between these two and i really really appreciate how they gave that up so whatever um with you know the six-man tag it, it you know it all went its way phenomenal form ran into the spear at the end bobby lashley took that from roman that's cool this is Roman Spear versus the regular Spear. We know Bobby Lashley picked up a win a long time ago against Roman. So now Roman finally got that win back for real with the Spear. That's just the way I look at it. Just I know they've had matches in between, but just with I think like just the way I'll be watching and what I'll be able to pick up on and remember with that, 
Now they're even. That's what I'm gonna call it. One and one. Clean slate. You know, Bobby Lashley, Roman Reigns. I don't know if they should beef again just yet. But for right now, like I think with both of them going into rivalries, I think that we're gonna have to see both of them pick up another win. And then maybe throw them at each other, maybe. But that's all to be seen eventually. We'll see how WWE decides to take those storylines into the future or whatever. But all in all, AJ, uh, Seth, and Roman pick up the victory. And that was Monday Night Raw. Now, we got some uh, got some cool names. But two names that I did not bring up, we didn't get to see. One was on the uh, the little the graphic. We got Eric Young from in, from Sanity. Is Sanity the tag team going to stay on SmackDown? And Eric Young going to be on Raw? Who knows? That's what it's looking like. And since SmackDown got Ali, it's only right that Raw would get Cedric Alexander from 205 Live. So the heart and soul, you know, they got their shows. And it just goes to show that, you know, like uh, 205 Live is, you know, is just as good, just as much of a launch point in the superstardom. It's really, really, really good. Really, really awesome to, you know, have these things happen. Like, I feel like a proud Drake Maverick right now. <laughs> but all in all, uh, these, are the, these are the names. We got some cool names on Raw. And find out how it works on SmackDown. I'm not mad at the episode. It didn't feel like anything was too crazy. It was just a nice, nice solid build to the coming weeks on Monday Night Raw on SmackDown Live after the Superstar Shakeup. So, tune in tonight. I'll catch y'all tomorrow. This is Blake. Y'all be good. Shout out to everybody that uh, brings you the podcast each week. And um, I anticipate bringing y'all the next one tomorrow. Peace.